Welcome to Healing with Healing, the podcast that dives deep into the world of dating, relationships and self-worth. I'm your host, Rachel Teeling, and I am here to guide you on a journey of self-discovery, empowerment and meaningful connections. Join me as I open up about my own personal experiences, share insightful dating and relationship advice and explore the path to discovering your true value. Whether you're navigating the complexities of modern dating, seeking to cultivate a healthier relationship with yourself or your significant other, this podcast is your safe space for growth and healing. Get ready to embrace the love and confidence you deserve. Let's begin this transformative journey together. Welcome to Healing with Healing, the podcast that dives deep into the world of dating, relationships and self-worth. I'm your host, Rachel Teeling, and I am here to guide you on a journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and meaningful connections. Join me as I open up about my own personal experiences, share insightful dating and relationship advice, and explore the path to discovering your true value. Whether you're navigating the complexities of modern dating, seeking to cultivate a healthier relationship with yourself or your significant other, this podcast is your safe space for growth and healing. Get ready to embrace the love and confidence you deserve. Let's begin this transformative journey together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing with Teeling. And this week we are talking about communication and loneliness with Dr. Heather Brown. And she is a psychotherapist who's all the way over in California. So Heather, hi, how are you? If you would like to say hi and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hello, listeners and Rachel. I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for bringing me from the other side of the world to share with all you. So tell us about your work as a psychotherapist and communication, because you work with couples, don't you? I do, and individuals. So I've been a a psychotherapist for 27 years, um, and my specialties are couples work, communication work, and then also grief and loss. I'm a widow, been a widow for nine years. So like a lot of our listeners, I'm in that place where you are alone a second time and wanting to possibly be in a relationship and wanting it to go differently than your prior one, be it divorce or be it. Because it's not always about divorce or breakups. It can also be about being alone because you're a widower and that's that's a difficult difficult but you know to navigate the emotions and how you feel about moving on after that so well and there's a different um reality that you've had at that point too because when you are a solo parent like some people are by divorce or by death there's a lot of responsibility that you have and also in that place of having no one to support you and taking care of you yeah and i know as stepping into relationship that could be a little bit of a wobble when you're used to having done it now on your own, but also really hoping that someone would want to care for you and love you. But that balance of, I don't need you, but gosh, I'd really, I'd really like you to come stand by my side. And finding that can be difficult, especially in, let's just say, this half of our life, yeah. because there's a lot of things that have gone on before and a lot of things that then come into play. 
there's we we all kind of at this yeah. time of our life we come with baggage. There's there's no two ways about it. We've all experienced something that's not been great in our lives. If you've got to my age, I'm 42. If you've got to my age without experiencing something awful and a heartbreak, then wow, how have you done that? But when you get to our age and you've experienced all that heartbreak, you've built up such a wall, haven't you? Towards you know, um, you've been on your own for often times. Or, or it could be the opposite. It could be the opposite. It can yes. be, I'm I'm so desperate and lonely and want so much to be loved that it's it's an oh an, an excessive open. I see that in my office where there's just such a need, such a desire, such a want. It's like whoa 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 slow down and it, uh, lack of narcissism yeah oh and that's hugely well narcissism is talked about all the time now and and i use that word very cautiously because a lot of times the person's not a narcissist they just aren't very really not nice. in relation <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly they've got some very toxic behaviors and they're not a narcissist kind of a yeah, yeah, they're just I mean. Know. There's some really mean people out there, but I I do understand you, what you're saying. You there's if you are that needy and you have a lack of boundary and you really just want someone in your life, pretty much anyone will do. And people just allow. Well, and there's one person who's the most important, and that is yourself. And I think for me, that's been so much what the last nine years has been about. Do I really truly take care of me? Do I truly love me? Do I truly share and offer me? And I know a lot of people in this stage of life are wondering, what's my value? What's my purpose? I was a mom. I was an executive. What's my role now? And I think it's important to realize you are all of those aspects still. And you may be single. And you may want someone to desire you. It's also, at least for me, a little bit um, awkward to be stepping into dating in a 60-year-old body, you know, and be like, it's not going to look the way it did at 20. And I have to reveal myself as, if I choose to, 60. And that's kind of like, huh. And, the, and I know the guys the same age too. Yeah. But there's a place where it's kind of weird. But do you find, this is totally going off on a different track here, but I did a podcast last week about... Um, I'm on a health kick at the moment. I am 42 years old. I have got to like a settled place in my life where my partner cooks and he cooks very well. I'm blaming him totally. I've put a lot. Of, I've put quite a bit of weight on in the last. Couple. I've just settled in a relationship basically, and you know, I've put a bit of weight on. And I was saying about how when I was 21, I looked at myself in the mirror and thought I was fat. When I was 28, mm. and I was, I look back at photos, I was hot, but and I thought I was fat, and then. I was 32 when I was pregnant. I was actually fat. <laughs> but there's not been a time in my life when I have looked in the mirror and thought, I'm perfect. Until I've learned to kind of love myself for just myself and not just my physical appearance. And getting into yes. relationship. And also, where are you today? Yeah. So we getting yeah. into a relationship, um, you know, and meeting Ed, my partner, was really quite easy because at the time when I met him I was in a really good place I'd just qualified as a life coach I'd done loads of self-development I was in a really good like I love myself place this is amazing and that's often when you meet people isn't it um but obviously I've just kind of settled and put a bit of weight on and I'm feeling a bit about myself at the moment but 
there's still times when I've looked in the mirror, even when I like met Ed, I was like, I can do better than this. I can be thinner than this. I can be. But it's all a perception, isn't it, about physical appearance. It's not, it's it's more about the whole living yourself, isn't it? Then, Well, and if you want a partner that is based really largely on who you are as a person and your heart and how you think, are they going to want you to be fit and tight? Sure. Like, who doesn't want to be with somebody who's totally hot? But is that what's most important to them? No, not at all. I know for me it's not. Absolutely not. And like, so, I say these things, you know, would I enjoy like, that? Yeah. And he's like, you are sexy. He likes too. to cook. Yeah, he likes to cook. I mean, I'm not complaining. Yeah, <laughs> I wash up. He cooks. But when I was when I was in my twenties, when I was in my twenties, I did some modeling, and I have a, a, a my book. And my daughter, when she was young, wanted to see it. So I, you know, was showing her the photos, and a couple of them are like really beautiful. And so when I looked at it, I said, "Gosh, I wish I knew I was so beautiful." That's exactly. And right. I was 27 in the photo. Yeah. Well, and she said to me, "Mom, you're a model." Of course you knew. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, they ripped us apart. Yeah. I was 45 at the time. And she said, Mom, go look in the mirror. Like, why? She goes, go look in the mirror. Because when you're 55, I want you to remember that you looked in the mirror when you were 45 and yeah. told yourself you were beautiful. And that's- so I went, okay. So I looked in the mirror and I said, you know, you were beautiful. And then took a photo. Looked at it 10 years later and told myself, remember, remember, you're beautiful then. And so it's something that has stuck with me. And now this is a little teaser for our audiences, but there's a really good chance we might be the best looking we're ever going to be today. We are going to just (laughs) get older. And so I have the belief each morning I wake up. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm going to Bye. And then I could stay a little bit more in a place of graciousness. Because when I start to say, oh, my gosh, but look at all these wrinkles. I'll be like, there'll be more tomorrow. There'll be more tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> They're smile lines. I'm happy. That's what they are. <laughs> anyway, getting back on yeah. track. So um, I know you're all about communication. And that's what your new book is about. But why? Because I think that women in particular really struggle to communicate their needs, especially when we are alone and we are dating and we get into relationships and then we just accept whatever's on offer because we're so grateful that somebody loves us or wants to be with us. But why do we struggle so much to communicate? Well, I think we're not taught really how to do it. And and we also have a huge contradiction. I think women more than men have a huge contradiction, which is be nice, be kind, don't be needy, take care of everybody else, and, you know, be pleasing. I remember when I was a child being told everyone needs to like you. And I wish I wish I had been raised with my parents saying, if someone's really nice to you on the playground... Play with them a lot. And if someone teases you or puts you down or puts down other people, yeah. walk away. Yeah. But I was told Heather has to be nice always. Be a good And girl. so what that did for me, it, it, yes. So I had the, and it's okay. It's okay. I can do it. So I was the people pleaser. I was the take, I'm a therapist. I was the take care of her. Mm-hmm. 
but I didn't really have my own voice for a very long time. And we don't. And and so since we disempower ourselves with our voice, we put ourselves in this really bizarre place where we almost look to the man or the boss to allow us to have our voice. Yeah. We instead of saying, No, I I I get to say what I think and feel. If you don't want to hear it, that's up to you. But that doesn't mean I'm not gonna say it. We're so concerned with pleasing others and being accepted that we lose who we really are. And if we were just to say, like, this is who I am for right now, and I don't need you to decide whether this is okay or not, stick around if you want. And this is- we don't have to be pushing ourselves on others. No, we just, but we all people don't like us. really don't need to be like pleading. No. And I find as I've got older that my friend circle has got very much smaller because I don't think I have patience for people anymore, number one. <laughs> but also, I'm a very different person to who I was. You know, I was saying about me, me 21 years old, traveling in Australia, backpacking, and I'm not her anymore. I have grown. I have experienced lots. I have a daughter. Um, you know, and there's, there's a very different Rachel to the Rachel who was backpacking around the world 20 years ago. Oh, my God, it's that long ago. So, well, different parts of our personality become more important to us. And if it's adventure, then you're you're going to align with people who are, you know, going off to the Himalayas. Yeah. If it's be nice. nurturing your heart, healing a heart wound, it's going to be, you know, yoga and breath work and, and therapists, you know. So it depends upon what is the aspect that's most important for you in your life. And that's something to honor because that's part of why you're here to bring forth that which you choose to bring forth. Do you think that we ladies forget about what we value most and forget about honouring ourselves? And sometimes we don't even know who we are, what we value, and like we have zero clarity. We just bumble through day after day, get the kids to school, get to work, cook the dinner. Like that's, and we just totally forget what we value. And like you were just saying, you know, I'd love to go off to the Himalayas, but I have a child. <laughs> I have a small person to look at. Part of the reason why there's so many affairs. Oh my God. That we go through life not really feeling oftentimes alive or seen or desired or wanted. We're just doing everything that needs to be done, like lunches, laundry, working, cleaning the house, you know, taking care of mom. Like we do all the responsibilities. And after a long time, that starts to feel kind of monotonous and exhausting and then somebody looks at you and says whoa and all of a sudden our heart opens oh my gosh i've been seen and so it's part of the reason why there's so many modalities gosh right like when somebody sees who you are instead of seeing the person who does their washing for them um it's a bit of a a killer well who yes who you are versus what you do yeah and we need to be seen for both. It's For a woman, it's very important to be seen for all that we do. But beyond that, we want who we are as a person to be loved. To be, We want to be chosen. I mean, we all kind of want to be that princess, even though we say we don't. We want to be chosen. We want to be, we want to be looked at as, oh my gosh, do I get to have you? You're like glorious. You change my life in these beautiful ways. 
we we do we want to be treasured. Women want to be treasured. We do want to be treasured. But I mean, in the modern day world, you're making me think of lots of questions. <laughs> but in the modern day world, like I, we we are expected to be everything. And I sometimes wonder, and I'm going to say this out loud, and it's like, and this is not what I want in my true reality. But I wonder sometimes if, like, my mom, a 1980s housewife, had it better than me now because she wasn't expected to go out to work. She wasn't expected to. She was just expected to stay home and look after the babies. And, you know, there's four of us and she stayed at home and looked after the babies and, until I was old enough to look after myself and I'm the youngest of four. Um, and then she went and got a part-time job to keep herself occupied. And I wonder sometimes, and to have some pocket money, but we have such expectations on us as women now, don't we, to have the career, to be beautiful, to, you know, be wonderful to the children, to cook the amazing dinner, to go and have amazing sex every single night. And the unrealistic expectations of the modern world kind of kill us a little bit. Kill our spirit. Well, I think it depends upon what you decide. I think it depends upon what you decide to allow to be yours. Like, I didn't say to myself I have to have sex every single night with my husband to be a good wife. So I... I didn't have sex every night with my husband. I didn't say that I need to like sew my children's clothing. So I did very little of that. There's the place of what do you choose and what's important to you. And I agree. I think it really depends on how you look at it. We can look at the 1980s and say, oh my gosh, they had it because there was so much more like community and family and life was simpler and um, it was more accessible. But then you can also say, yeah, that you couldn't you couldn't learn like you could learn. You couldn't travel like you could travel. You couldn't make the impact that you could make. So it's both. And so it really depends upon do we honor and respect who we are, where we are, and then also recognize the shortcomings. Because if I say, yes, I'm going to have a corporate job, then I need to say, no, I can't be room mom. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, there's always a yes and a no to anything we say. And so it's important to integrate. If I'm saying, yes, I really need to make certain, like I, I understand the no's. And if I say, no, I need to realize I got to understand the yeses too. And then that's that place of, I am choosing what I think is best. I, I really can't do everything because I can't be the CEO and, and the gourmet cook and the room mom. So what's most important to me? Where do I think I have the biggest benefit? And then how do I really let myself have peace with that? I have a gardener. I have a gardener. I could spend the time to do my yard work myself, but truthfully, I do so much better good in therapy. So it's better for me to have a gardener and and not give away two hours a week toward that yard work or four hours a week and be able to see more people. And so there's the place of, do I look at what I am extending an offering and do I see that as a really beautiful benefit asset and will I recognize that that also means there's some things that I won't be a part of but we don't have to decide I'm everything we can say no I I choose I choose I mean this this I'm not sure just that this is my life this is my life my experience and I choose to do I get to decide for me 
do I, if I don't want to have a house, I can be homeless. If I, if I, if I want to have some millionaire home, I'm going to have to work my butt off. You know, so there's the place of what do you choose for, do, do you choose to enjoy your, your partner's, you know, meals completely and then go to the gym and have both, you know? So there's the place of what do we choose to give ourselves what we want and how do we make that work? Oh, then I need to run more. I need to go to the gym more and then I, I can have this fantastic <laughs> meal. Yeah. Or you can eat lettuce. I mean, I'd let him cook for you and enjoy the delicious meal. <laughs> so there's the plate of do I take responsibility? And that's in our communication too. Do I take responsibility for my words, my thoughts, my actions? I'm not responsible for how you choose to respond to me. That is up to you. But I can certainly try to do it as graciously and as kindly and as compassionately as possible. I'll say things like, help me understand what it is that you are saying. Or how is it that you're wanting me to support you in this? I ask for guidance with the people in my life so I know how to walk with them. I don't ever completely understand another human being because I can't crawl into their experience. But I can say, help me understand how this impacts you. Help me understand why this is important to you. Because if I have a better idea of why this is important to you, why this is significant to you, then I can respect it better. If I have no clue, then I'm probably like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But you're like, no. Oh, I dropped my pen. <laughs> this pen is precious and has to be with me always. If you tell me that, I'm going to be like, do you have your pen? Do you have your pen? Do you have your pen? So there's the place of how do we, how do we support the people in our life with what's important to them? And I don't think we really ever talk about that. Like, how do I walk with you in this life? And how do I help you walk with me? And where are the places we need to veer a little bit? Because we don't, we're not able to honor each other in this moment. You can then let somebody else be who they are. I'll give you an example. It was in my TED Talk with my mom with the helicopter. Yeah. My mom was psychotic. She was a paranoid schizophrenic. And so the reality she lived in was different than mine. And I saw that as a little girl, and I didn't need to challenge her on her belief. I just needed to figure out how do I live with a woman who's in a different reality at times. And so I would sit with her in her space until she could calm down and come back. And I wasn't able to go really with her, but I didn't force her to go with me. I heard a wonderful podcast on psychosis. And the person said, like, be mindful that when someone goes to a particular place, mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, for some reason, they feel there's a benefit for them there. Either they're going towards something or they're, they're leaving something. And be respectful of that. Take this big picture a single woman. You have stepped out of some aspects of your life. Don't have a partner. Don't have someone to, to comfort you. Don't have someone to, to support you like you're doing it all on your own. But then you also have the opposite side, which is you get to decide. You have the freedom. And so there's that place. Yeah. yeah. And there's that place of looking at where is the balance? How can I have a little bit of both? 
Like I'll eat this delicious meal that you make me and I'm also going to go to the gym more. Like how do I get to have as what really serves me and suits me well, but recognize the responsibilities up to you. I've asked him to cook with less oil. You don't have to. There you go. There you go. And add more, add more lettuce. Yeah. You know, add some salad. <laughs> All our portions. Whatever it might be. Yeah. Because There's a way to find that. But it's a but it's upon us to say, like, I need this to work for me. And I love your food. So less oil. Or what have you? Less, yeah, let's less butter. <laughs> Please. Um, you made yeah. me lose my I feel like I'm in my own like therapy session here. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more about what I can do. <laughs> um so we don't make me beach. Say again. There's so much we can do. And it really comes with the place of like how present am I within myself? How how much am I honoring me? And I'm not saying that you have to be happy all the time. You can't be mad. You can't be pissed off. You can't be resentful. You can be all of those things. All of these things. Do, always, you yeah. really, do you let yourself experience it for what it is that you are to experience? And then do you let yourself move yeah. when you're ready to move? I always say, like, especially yeah, I've got, I've got a nine-year-old little girl. Um, she's my best example of like, she's really in her emotion when she feels it, you know. She doesn't scream and shout. She slams doors. So she's really in her emotion. And I'm like, you can do this and you can be as crazy as you want to be. But we move on. Like, we get out of it and we, we move on and you'll come back and be a normal person in a minute. So you're allowed to experience all of these things. You're, all the emotions are needed. But then how do we communicate that to, say, a man in our lives? Because I don't think men quite understand how emotionally driven we are as females quite a lot of the time so how we I mean I'm quite a crazy emotional person too but I don't know well I don't know why I use my daughter isn't it <laughs> it's me not her as well um but I'm, well, I'm, I'm yeah how do we explain our emotions in a real more rational way than we would an emotional way to well, look what you just said. How do you explain emotions rationally? You never don't. With emotions, rationality is off. I am having this experience because this neurotransmitter. No. So just so I would moment. Exactly. Give me a moment. Or you know what? Like, I'm just going to take a break. I'm just going to take a break. And then I'd go off into the other room and call your girlfriend and he doesn't understand and sob and get it out and then ask yourself, where am I hurting where am I fearful? And then you can come back to your partner and say, okay, so this this is how I'm feeling now. But men men are scared of women's emotions because they don't understand them. Don't understand. And we unlock men's emotions. So when we're overly emotional, they feel out of control. And so what do they try to do? Package us, box us, like squeeze us. And for most of us, completely not what we want. We want to be in our emotion and process it. So there are times where you may need to say, I'm just going to go for a run or I'm just going to call Susie yeah, or exactly. I'm going to take a bath. I just need When you realize that your, your man might not know how to help you in it and you don't make him responsible for that and you give yourself what you need, you might just say, could I just vent and dump? I don't want you to fix anything. You don't need to say anything. Can I just yeah. or could you just hold me? Yeah, and I'm, I'm, and there's a lot of men that'll just be like, "Okay, okay." 
And sometimes, like I heard a great analogy from another podcast interviewer, and this is something my, my own Ed has said as well, that a man should be the rock that an emotional woman crashes up against because they'll just stand there, they'll take the shit from us, and then it's like, whatever, it's over now. Because that's what often emotions are, isn't it? You know, it comes up, blurt it all out, and it's kind of, it's gone. Um, so I feel like sometimes... Yeah, like fresh then. Yeah, we're just expressing uh, whatever emotion it is that is going on for us there and then. And like you say, like you take responsibility for it yourself and you can take yourself out for a run or call a friend or just vent and like make it clear. That... And if it doesn't work for them, then it's important that they share that. Yeah. That was something with my late husband that I found. We didn't grieve the same, unfortunately. Oh, you would want to shoot and break things. Oh, I wanted to be out. Yeah. And that's, they don't yeah. go together. It and so work. he would go to with the guys. Yeah. He'd go with the guys and shoot and break things. And I'd call Susie. And then two days later, we could come together and he was less mad and I was less hurt. And then we could deal with it. So there, you may find in your relationship, there are some places that the two of you don't line up in the healthiest way. No. And instead of like letting that be what it is, I would say go get what you need as long as it doesn't in any way challenge the relationship and support yourself in the way you need to be supported. No person is here to be perfect for another person. No, and no person's that. role is to make the other person okay. That's not their role in life. It's how can I bless you? How can I support you in your walk that you have in your life? And where it doesn't really work, like bring somebody else in. It's part of the reason why we have girlfriends. Yeah, to take. You need our girlfriends. You were saying earlier about the four questions that you ask in a conflict. Was it? Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. With the questions. So, what is it that I want out of this conversation? So many times we don't know. We just like I hate it when you. Blah, 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 blah. So, what is it that I want? If I know that I want you to know that I love you and resolve this issue that I have, I'm going to start the conversation very differently. Hey, baby, I love you. And money's tight right now. And we got to figure this out. We just got a bill. So how do we walk through this together? That's very different than, oh, my God, why don't you make enough money? And so what is the outcome you want to have? Because then you prepay your conversation. Mm -hmm. Then you want to ask yourself, is is this going to honor or bless the relationship or the other person? Oftentimes, we're just vomiting all over each other. And if there is no benefit, you're kind of bitching or moaning or complaining or negating or devaluing or gossiping. And I don't find that valuable. Number three, are you really, really, really really open to the other person's response if you are not it's a lecture or an attack you are not ready for the conversation and then number four is this a good time so many conversations end up being fights because it's not the right time and the other person isn't prepared. And what we don't realize is if I've been thinking about the the car payment for two weeks, but I haven't shared it with you, if I come to you, we got to fix this. 
like you're on a whole different level. And so I've got to realize I've been processing. I've been thinking. I already know what I think we should do, but it might be brand new information for you. It's totally So it's important. No idea what you've been thinking. So So it allows them to then say, I'm ready now. And if you think about that, any conversation that you have where the person says, please share with me, they're stepping in. What do we do? We shove at the person. I hate it when you do this. Why do you always do this? Like once again, blah, 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 blah. so we push away and push away and push away and push away. Well, what's the natural response? The person's going to push back. You do this. You do this. You don't care about me. So if you wait till the person says, okay, let's talk about this. Now you're both stepping in and then that becomes a we instead of a me against you. And so that is like huge part of my book. It's a huge part of my practice. How do I step into relationship with you in the best possible way? And how do I honor your willingness? Clients will say to me, you know, I just kept going and going and going and going because I wanted it to be resolved. I'm like, okay, and now you're you're paying hundreds of dollars to sit with me and talk about it longer. You're pushing, you're shoving didn't resolve that what resolves it is to say like i want us to be okay what do we need to do pacing is vital in relating and people don't know it and they just blow through it i ask so often like how are you feeling with me right now are we okay have i said anything that's uncomfortable for you and i'll tell someone in the conversation Give me a moment. I'm starting to get agitated. Just give me a moment. I'll close my eyes. I'm like, okay, my heart's open again. My heart's open again. Or I'll say, you know what? Like, I I want to be with you, but I'm having a really hard time with the fact that you're looking at me like this. I don't, I don't think that's correct. And then you refine so that when you get to the end of the conversation, you can say, wow, we did it. Not, we kind of came up to a resolution, but I hate your guts. Or I don't trust every you. Like you. <laughs> ah, so I help people learn like how to step out when you need to and how to clarify when you need to and how to repair when you need to. There's such an art to communication and for whatever reason, we're not taught it. So what I really work on doing is teaching compassion mm-hmm. and teaching connection. This is a... We- we say words, yeah. We say words thinking and hoping we'll end up connected. I do the opposite. I work on being connected. And then the words are way easier to share. So for the single ladies that may be listening to this who are meeting people on dates and subjecting themselves to meeting strangers, and it can get so tiring and you end up going in with a very negative attitude <laughs> because you're like, oh my God, not another date. What advice could you give them about their communication to get across who they are authentically and yeah, how they can communicate better maybe on their first few dates of getting to know somebody? Well, first off, if you're feeling, oh God, no, I don't want to go on this date, don't go. 
folk on the date. Because unless you're at a place where you're like open to meeting the person, you truly are just wasting your time and theirs. And yeah. it happens. It does. It happens. You get to the point where you're like, you're all losers. I don't want to go out with any of you. All you want is sex or you want a mommy. So when you're in that mind frame and you no longer believe there's any lovely gentleman who could adore you, take a little break and take hang out with the girls. Yes. Um, but I heard something fascinating the other day, and it was somebody talking about how we present ourselves. And what they said was, how do most of us present ourselves? I would say, my name is Heather. Um, I'm a psychotherapist. I've been a psychotherapist for 27 years. I'm a widow. I have two beautiful adult children. Um, I've just written a book and I did a TEDx. And I love nature. This other person said, well, that's who you, that's what you do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't ask that. Who are you? Who are you? And I went, oh, wow. So if I sit with that, like right now in this moment, I'll say, I'm a thinker. I'm an explorer. I find people fascinating. I love a relationship. I love nature. I really love supporting people and seeing people like shine and find their spark and find their glow. Oh, and oh, by the way, I'm a psychotherapist. Like what it is, is as important as who you are. So instead of kind of having the resume, which we're told to have, I would present who you really like. I love going on walks. If you think about it, what you write on your profile that's really who you are. And then bring that in instead of like going through the line post. Yeah. I work in an office. I have two children. I have five dogs. Like, I love my dogs. Yeah. My profile read something like, I'm the owner of a small person and a small dog. Like, but don't be fooled by any of that. That's not who I am. I live getting out in nature and trying new things. Like, I drink red wine a lot. And I, I, it was really like that. Like, I, I love going out, walking, trying new things and thoughts of nature and I can't remember what I actually wrote but it was very much like I do this is you know but I am the owner of the world <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and important, important to know and, and one thing that I think is really important to realize is hopefully and most likely that person that you're meeting really wants it to go well yeah we're all looking Except for you and Ed, because you're blessed. But we're all looking for our person. And that person. There you go. You're so to just be spikes you want. Them. Yeah. And there's a place to recognize them. This is something for me that was very important. I needed to start finding out early on, like what the person was looking for. Because in the when I first started dating, like a year after Ted died, I was not open to marriage and long-term commitment because my kids were still in high school. And so it was dating and, you know, having a relationship, but like marriage was off the charts because my kids were living at home. I went out with a guy early on and that's what he wanted. And I had to say to him, I'm, I'm not the right person for you. So part of it in protecting your heart, but also in protecting the other person's heart is find out a little bit. There's a lot of players out there. There's also a lot of women that just want free meals. There's also not free And so you want them to hold their hand and they don't 
realise the rest of that. They're going to have to give, not just receive. And some people just want sex. And so it's important that you kind of find out, number one, what is it that you're wanting? Because that's going to change even what you do. Um, you know, I've had people want to go out for like a 12-hour date for me for the first date. I'm like, Nathan, no. Like I want to feel you out before I'm in a place where I'm with you all day long. I'll give you an And for time. somebody else, they would say, oh my gosh, that sounds magical. So find out what you want and then also find out like what where the other person is because otherwise you kind of play with yourself. I did not know you literally have – now people can lie, of course, but I didn't know you really need to ask, at least in California, are you truly single or are you in a relationship? Are you not really yet divorced? Do you still live with them is the one that happens quite a lot. Men split up with their wives. They or do still you still them. sleep with them? They, they still, yeah. And you're like, that's not what I want. Like, please be completely detangled from your ex before coming to talk to me. Yeah, that's a... I went out with a pastor and he said that he'd been divorced for nine months. And on our sixth date, he said, if I share with them, uh, if I file, then I have to step down from the pulpit. And I went... <laughs> back away if back away <laughs> if you pilot i said you said you were divorced oh he literally God. said biblically oh. and i went i am a marriage therapist and you thought you could i helped marriage that's the last moment I, said, I have kissed a married man which i vowed i would never do no, i no. save relationships i don't destroy them all destroy them oh my god not your fault so, so ask ask questions. Ask if questions. people are indifferent. Yeah. That has been take care of your heart. Look after your, yourself first. I mean, to wrap up, is there anything you want to tell us um, about tips or hints, or tell us about your new book? What's coming out on the twenty third? I'd love to do a little bit of both. So that so my book, uh, speaking with the heart, and it, it is out on January twenty third with Post Hill Press, and it is transforming your uh, communication and your relationship with compassion and connection. It's a great book for anybody who is wanting to step into a relationship or who is in a relationship. And I I cover everything for the most part. So love languages and attachment styles and triggers and anxiety and fear and trust and rejection and sex and money and family and play and intimacy and all these lovely things. Um, and the thing that I would love to leave your listeners with is really treasure you. Like, this is the only life you have being you. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it. It really can be a glorious gift. And it's going to be hard at times. Yeah. And we really that's what allows us to grow. But we're the only us in the world. You're the only Heather Brown. I'm the only Rachel Teeling. We're the only people we're ever going to be. So treasure. And nobody has your heart. Nobody has your mind. Nobody has your experience. And so when you're connecting with somebody else, remember that. You can't ever know what it really means to be me. And I can't ever really understand what it means to be you. But I can try to. And I can care about trying to walk with you better and better. So I view life as this like crazy opportunity 
for me to try to love myself, love this experience, and love others as much as I can. And that's a gift I give me. I try really mindfully to protect my heart and my joy and my childishness and my play and my fairiness and my love because to me it's precious and it's beautiful and I want to be with people who honor that respect that and delight in that oh and love is where it all starts if you ask me love is like the foundation of the but that was that was why we're here it's why we're here well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Heather. I am very sure that my listeners will have loved your valuable insights. Um, and listeners, if you have found this episode valuable, please share with a friend if you if you, if you know that they will find it helpful. And thank you again, Heather. Um, uh, yeah, I will drop a link to your book in my show notes and the links where you can find Heather and all her wonderful advice will be in my show notes as well thank you for joining me on today's episode of healing with healing if you are struggling in the dating and relationship game i can support you to gain unshakable self-worth and become the best version of you to attract the best person for you with my one-to-one coaching program be you for rendezvous there is a link in the show notes if you would like to find out more about my one-to-one coaching and how i can support you or please feel free to slide into my dms on insta and ask me any questions I am at Rachel Teeling Coaching and this is where I share a lot of my dating journey, pictures of Ed, Lila and of course Frankie the Frenchie. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, please follow my show so you don't miss an episode. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a moment to rate and review to help me reach more ladies who need to hear this healing journey to inspire them to heal from their own trauma and find lasting love. Catch you on the next episode of Healing with Teeling. I am hosting boundary workshops in the coming weeks where we will be mapping out your values, working out who you are as your authentic self and how to clearly create, state and uphold your boundaries when dating. No more bad guys and their bad behaviour. For just 9 99 you will have an hour of my expert insights into what is stopping you from attracting the man of your dreams and how creating and upholding boundaries will attract the right guy for you. Don't worry if you can't join me live on Wednesday the 28th and Thursday the 29th of February, you can download the replay. Sign up using the link in my show notes. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Healing with Healing. If you are struggling in the dating and relationship game, I can support you to gain unshakable self-worth and become the best version of you to attract the best person for you with my one-to-one coaching program, Be You for Rendezvous. There is a link in the show notes if you would like to find out more about my one-to-one coaching and how I can support you, or please feel free to slide into my DMs on Insta and ask me any questions. I am at Rachel Teeling Coaching, and this is where I share a lot of my dating journey, pictures of Ed, Lila, and of course, Frankie the Frenchie. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, please follow my show so you don't miss an episode. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a moment to rate and review to help me reach more ladies who need to hear this healing journey to inspire them to heal from their own trauma and find lasting love. Catch you on the next episode of Healing with Healing.